You're listening to Lost Souls Monologues. Today's monologue is I Clean for England by Alison Down. For those of you with younger listeners, please be aware that it contains some adult themes and a little swearing. Sorry, no, I'm ahead of myself and it's been a long week. I clean for English, the English department. There are six rooms, numbers 17 to 23, and they, the English team, would say they have a creative look about them. Well, they would, wouldn't they? Them being the creative types. I'd say they were more than a bit disorganised, but what do I know? I'm not one for storytelling. Jenny is... She likes stories. Jenny's in year eight. She tells me that English is her favourite lesson. Jenny also likes to help, and I don't mind. She doesn't get in my way, and I don't let her near the teacher's desks. That would be unprofessional. She does seem to know where everything is kept in Ms Jackson's class, though. Room 22, on account of Ms Jackson being her teacher this year. Jenny likes to put things in order, so I let her stack the reading books and sort out the bits of paper that get given to the supply teachers and then left all about the place, because according to Jenny, the kids know they're not going to get marked anyway. Once last term, a wall display on the Tempest by Year 9 was spoilt by someone being, well, someone being tempestuous during Ms Jackson's extended maternity leave. And Jenny did a bit of a repair job, so well that you almost didn't notice the damage. I bought her a couple of chocolate bars as a thank you. She's a small stick of a girl, so a bar of chocolate probably wasn't needed as much as a home-cooked dinner. Anyway, she was made up. We've developed a bit of a system of late. Stack books, identify problem areas, then clean. When we're in Ms Jackson's room, Jenny likes to clean her own desk. She sits towards the back, right at the side, almost behind the grey formica bookcase. Mr Fairhurst's room, room 17, is the best of the lot. Head of department, so you should expect that really. The children steer clear. I think he's strict. He's normally still there when I arrive and I try to be as inconspicuous as possible. I tend to leave the stack in the chairs till he's gone. It's a noisy activity and one that would disrupt his creative thought process. Once he was sat there so still, holding his head in such a pained manner, that I offered him a migraine tablet. But he declined and told me that he was just thinking. I tend not to think like that, if at all possible. When I was a child, I thought I might be a teacher. I liked geography. I'd spent hours at home studying maps of the world, snug behind our sofa, a regular little Marco Polo. I liked to imagine myself travelling the countries we were studying in class, taking tea in Darjeeling, 
that's India by the Himalayas. Or wandering along the Great Wall of China, possibly with a communist companion, exploring the unknown places. The teacher come to visit when I left school to see whether I wanted to continue my studies to a higher level at the girls' college. According to the school, I had untapped potential. My dad would clear, though. There'd be none of that. There was enough work to do at home, thank you very much. Any untapping could be done when I had a regular job and a wage coming in. When you're young, you just accept things, don't you? What Dad says goes. And I got a job doing for a married couple that lived in Rathley. I did for them for four years. Cleaning rooms, laundry, mending, dusting. They had a lot of ornaments. She bought them out of magazines, had a bit of a collection going. She'd give me them the magazines, not the ornaments. She called them her aspirational mags, said she thought that I'd like them. I didn't like them, not really. It wasn't my life I saw in those pages. Jenny was late today, which is unusual for her. She doesn't get detentions, not like some that furore down this corridor. She's more of a quiet worker, I'd imagine. You know the ones. Keep me their head down, just getting on with it. She always comes here by herself. Says her mum's not in till six, and she hasn't a key anymore since she lost it. So she'd just be sat out in the cold. Anyway, today she's late, and when she does arrive, she looks a bit under the weather. In need of some TLC. She pulls the door shut behind her with a bit of a slam. Sits down next to the radiator. I carry on trying to tackle the latest bit of literary graffiti from the third row. It's written in green marker, so it'll take a bit of shifting. And then she goes straight to the bookcase. After a bit, she starts telling me this story. It's about these big arguments between a mum and a dad. And the child in the story is taken to hiding in the cupboard under the stairs amongst all the cleaning stuff because they're scared. The arguments are horrible, Jenny says. Bad things are said. It sounded reading in between the lines like the mother was taking a bit of a beating. Whatever book it was she'd read, it appeared to have made quite an impact on her. I wasn't that sure on its suitability for her age. That sounds a bit harsh. What kind of story's that then? And she said very quietly, It's my story. And I said, what's that, love? And she said, it's my story, Val. And I couldn't think of what to say next. And she was just stood there alone, without a line to her, so to speak. So I just gave her a hug. My parents weren't great believers in hugs. We were not a touchy-feely family. Sometimes children need hugs. So I just give her a hug. I didn't notice Miss Jackson come in. Jenny saw her and got off sharpish after Miss asked her if everything was all right. I carried on working on a piece of graffiti that said, this is shit. And I thought of Jenny going home to all that and hiding away in a cupboard and I thought, yeah, it is. And I rubbed at it that bit harder as that would make all the shit in her life go away. When Mr Fairhurst comes into the room, I start to stack the chairs. Then I remember it's parents' evening, so maybe you'll want the chairs left down, so I stop. 
and I noticed Ms Jackson stood behind him now and they're both looking at me. And Mr Fairhurst says, Can you sit down please, Val? In a firm voice like I'm a pupil in his class. I sit down and he asks me what Jennifer Lester was doing in this room after school hours and were we related? And I say, Jenny? No. He says that I should be aware that there were codes of conduct to protect both the child and the adult in the school learning environment. And I said I didn't let her do anything dangerous and that she never ever went anywhere near the teacher's desk. He looked like he was having one of his migraines. Asked how long this had been going on. I said since September and that I liked her coming. It was company. Ms Jackson speaks up then. Apparently she'd gone after Jenny and asked her if I'd touched her before and she said no, but I had given her nice things. And I could see the way the conversation was heading. So I told them what Jenny had said about home. Mr Fairhurst said something about boundaries being blurred, but by then I wasn't listening and I was just angry for Jenny. I suppose I lost it a bit because I shouted at him. What are you going to do about it? What that child's going home to? And he said I could write it down. And I said, you're the fucking English teacher, you write it down. <laughs> then I went home, sat in my own cupboard, stared at my multi-purpose cleaner. It's not in my nature to swear. When I go into school the next morning, nothing said. But I asked Marion who's in charge, to move me so I could have a bit of breathing space. She puts me in the science block, rooms 58 to 65, with Jackie. Jackie does more talking than cleaning, by all accounts, but she can make her way round the periodic table like Einstein. When I get to the labs, I'm not sure what to make of it all. Bunsen burners aren't really my thing, but I try to make them shine. Jackie tells me I shouldn't bother. By the time I return in the afternoon, though, I see I'm on a rotor there permanently and I'm asked to check in with Mrs Phillips, the head teacher, at the end of the day. I can hear Mrs Phillips talking when I arrive. So I sit outside on the bench that's normally reserved for Year 10 boys after they've told a teacher where to go. One of them's there already, waiting. Big lad. First impression's not good. His uniform's dirty, grubby around the collar, mucky blazer, that type of thing. And he's been writing on his hand in green marker pen. He's got that long hair, like some of them do now, and it's covering up his face. I think he's probably got a bad touch of acne and he's trying to hide it. But when he sees me looking, he sweeps his hair back. His skin's fine and he grins at me, his eyes all bright and shiny with life. And he starts up. You in trouble as well? What you done wrong? I don't know what to say. I was never in trouble at school. I could have gone to college if they'd let me have aspirations. And then I recognise the other voice coming from inside the room. It's Mr Fairhurst's. Mrs Phillips comes to the door and asks me to come in. As I get up, the lad wishes me good luck and she fixes him with a look, so I don't thank him. Mrs Phillips' office is lovely. She's an organised woman and it's reflected in her workspace. A place for everything and everything in its place. She cares. 
she tells me. She cares a lot about the pupils in her school and the staff and she has it on good report from Marion that I'm a caring member of the cleaning team. She also tells me that regarding yesterday, Mr Fairhurst has spoken to Jennifer Lester's mum at parents' evening and that she will not be taking the matter any further. I say, did you ask Jenny what was going on at home? And she replies that they were more concerned about what was going on in school, that Jennifer had been asked about home and she'd said everything was fine. Mrs Phillips takes a breath, says that Jennifer's parents weren't going to pursue matters as long as I was more closely supervised and from now on I will be working in a team in science with Jackie. She tells me that Jenny had been asked not to see me any more and I shouldn't make any effort to talk to her either. I should head straight back to see Mrs Phillips if Jenny was to cause any bother, as it were. Mr Fairhurst says Jenny has a vivid imagination. And they're staring at me, Mr Fairhurst and the head, as if it's my turn to speak, as if they want me to tell them my story. But I don't, because I'm not very good at stories. And I want to tell them Jenny was never any bother, but I don't, because I know that's not what they want to hear. They just want me to clean, clean the shit away. I clean for science now. I Clean for England was written by Alison Down, directed by Liam Shea and performed by Maggie Saunders. If you enjoyed today's Lost Souls monologue, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.